0: I see things. You laugh at an old man, (laughs) there's them that laughs and knows better. Seen the TV cameras yet? That's what I'm getting right now is this Ah, weird chill. It's a dog-eat-dog world, and from where I sit, there just ain't enough damn dogs. where is this coming
1: from? He's watching you, friend, I guarantee you that.
0: Dude, I feel... What was that?
1: For a few hours, and then sit back and watch the drug addiction,
0: alcoholism, sadism, bestiality. We may ask what is real, Anything beyond that, dangerous. He's a liar. The demon is a liar. They would like to confuse us.
1: They pick the most dangerous enemy they can find. The attack is psychological,
0: and it's themselves, powerful, a decent. If Remember it that. had ended, we see. would not be here. All we need to do is sit back and watch. That's right. It's a dog-eat-dog world, and for where I sit, there just ain't enough damn dogs. dog-eat-dog world, and from where I sit, there just ain't enough damn dogs. dog-eat-dog world, Hey, hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Freaky Fridays. Uh, this week, me and my uh, co-host, General Lee, we are having someone on that I have had on uh, my own show before, the NY Patriots show. I uh, was a great guest. Um, somebody that I wanted to have back on and have, uh, recently tried to schedule that and between his schedule and my schedule, it just didn't work out. And I finally have the man back on himself. Um, so I guess enough of that. Um, so yeah, Freaky Fridays, NY Patriot General Lee with Cosmic Keys. Um, would you like to give everybody maybe a chance to know who you are, where they can find you and, uh, you know, whatever you want to let people know about yourself.
1: Yeah, uh, my show is called The Cosmic Keys Podcast. It's on all the major podcast platforms. Um, On my show, I do weekly astrology forecasts because I'm an astrologer. Um, So I kind of give like usually one episode where I'm giving like a forecast of kind of like the weather report of the planets. And then uh, I also do interviews where I just kind of cover – esoteric spiritual stuff. And then kind of like current events, conspiracy stuff. Wow. Uh And yeah, that's about it. Uh, Cosmickeyspodcast.com. You can find everything. So thanks for having me on guys. It's, it's good to be here. Sure.
0: Now I would assume you're probably, are you on all like major podcast hosts as well?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I do have a rock uh, rockfin channel too, where I post some like premium sh- stuff. I have this show, this, this new show called Pluto Pilled. That's uh, me and two other really great astrologers, S.J. Anderson and Cam White. Um, and th- these guys have like big YouTube's and stuff. But we kind of created this the Rockfin space to really kind of go off behind a paywall and kind of give like give a different uh, perspective on what's happening in the world. Because like like kind of like the New Age or like anything like astrology is very blue-pilled so when they're giving their like astrological perspective of what's going on in the world it's different than the way like people like us probably perceive things so we put we just put like that perspective on it that's conspiracy friendly and um it's kind of like a black pill version of astrology. So that's why we call it. <laughs> I love
0: it. I love it. And it's yeah. probably basically what I'm getting at is probably like breaking it down for dummies as well. You know, making it understandable for other people.
1: And, yeah. It's, 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 it's more like these guys, you can use astrology to look at uh history really easily. So like the other guys that I do the show with, they're bringing up like historical, transits and being like, this is just like what happened with Napoleon or the, like, so that's not really, uh, I'm not really the expert there, but it's a cool way to look at current events to like, have like, to use astrology to incorporate conspiracy, which is just our general worldview. And then to kind of, uh, use astrology to compare the current dates to like what's happened in, in history. So
0: now, what did you say about Napoleon again?
1: I was just using that as an example. Like, as if you're doing historical astrology, you could say, look at, like, a, a, I was just making that up. Oh, just so okay. Say, like, oh, when this happened to Napoleon, you know, okay. Neptune and Uranus were doing this. Okay. Now that's happening today, so then, you know, this is going gotcha, to happen in gotcha. Ukraine. or that That's kind of, like, the idea.
0: Of no, it. no, I was wondering if you were just, uh, if there was something with maybe Napoleon contributing to astrological stuff, and I was just... I was gonna bring up Obviously. his sister, but it, 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 it's no, it, it doesn't, it doesn't. I was gonna say his sister was a freak, and, and we actually have some stuff coming out about his sister and the, and the Rosicrucians and you know whole <laughs> fucking weird shit. So yeah, it, yeah. it it doesn't mean it, it, it doesn't. There's no point in bringing it up. But uh, what? Uh, another thing I wanted to say real quick uh, before we get going, I I want to commend you honestly. I uh, I'm gonna be honest. I had no idea you were on Rockfin. And I'm going to say that you and Conspiracy Kyle, as of right now, are the only two people that will fuck with me ever since, you know, a while ago. So I I commend you to still be uh, free thinking and not being told what to do by somebody else and coming on my show. That shows a lot of integrity and I appreciate that. Thank you. You
1: Yeah, no worries. I mean...
0: And not that I'm trying to shit on Rockfin. I'm just saying there's people I know on Rockfin... That will have zero fucks to do with me after I had an opinion of someone, and I appreciate that you still coming on.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I don't really give a shit about.
0: Yeah, no, um, that's fine. I don't need your opinion uh, or anything. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying I, I appreciate the fact that <laughs> yeah. you're still here. That says a lot, I think. So. Yeah, no problem. Um. So yeah, yeah enough I mean, about that. Let's uh. Let's get into. Uh, I know you wanted to talk about. I guess I mean we can get into the whole story of like your accident and how it started your whole thing that you're doing now like we were talking about earlier if you want to get into that.
1: Yeah, yeah, so that's kind of um like I don't know. The, is I mean, it like
0: it's... the precursor to uh, Cosmic Keys?
1: In a in a way, yes, awesome. because uh so basically like when I w- I I grew up um I don't know, the, the only reason I'm kind of like focusing on this story of an, of an injury of like a tragic accident or not, or not tragic, like traumatic accident. Uh, It's kind of like, I feel like a lot of people get pulled into like spiritual things because of things that happen to them. Um, And I don't necessarily know if everybody is called to like dive into these waters to like kind of try to lift the veil, to be interested in, the other world or, or whatever. I think it's kind of like a shamanic thing for sure. Like a lot of, a lot of people have events in their lives and then they, it might kind of open up their perceptions a little bit. It's kind of like a near death experience where where people come back and then they're like way different, you know?
0: You know what's Um, wild that you just said that. And I guess, uh, uh, by the time this comes out, I'll probably I might have mentioned it already on the show that we're dropping on the occult rejects recovering something with the Skinwalker Ranch and uh, there's a guy, Robert Bigelow who had owned the ranch at one point and he had his own NID site that used to be up and he had like a lot of weird like weird and interesting you know work on there that he thinks was associated with Paranormal because he was big into UFO stuff because he owned Skinwalker Ranch. He had a doctor uh, post up on there. I think it was a doctor. Somebody who was saying that they believe that NDE experiences and some experiences that people have had with UFOs all have a commonality between shamanic initiations. I just think it's very weird how you just said the same thing with the NDE and the shamans. You nailed it.
1: Yeah, I've been well. I think about it a lot because, um, it's it's kind of like, and I'm skeptical of of it too. Like, I I don't know. I, I'm skeptical of like the spirit world of like even poking your head in there. I think you are too. You know, like yeah, because um, we don't quite know what we're dealing with. But in general, like from like an in, from like a more like indigenous situation I think a lot of times when say kids have some type of trauma when they're um young I also had I mean to get real personal I like kind of uh had like a birth trauma like I almost didn't make it you know there was there was like uh I had a, a kind of a traumatic birth when I came into the world too um and it's uh I think anything that can kind of create a fracture forces you to kind of um, heal yourself. Like that's why I do astrology because I was kind of uh, depressed and like seeking answers and trying to figure things out. And then when you go on that quest yourself, when you're trying to kind of mend yourself or heal yourself, you pick up all these skills. And then all of a sudden you have this kind of like spiritual toolkit or like magical toolkit or whatever um, but the actual, uh, story that I was going to get into, uh, happened when I was in college. I was like a sophomore in college and, um, are you guys still there? I just yeah, wanted to, Oh, okay. yeah. so I was frozen. Um, when I was a sophomore in college, uh, I went to school in Boulder, Colorado oh. and I'm, I'm a snowboarder. So. Basically, I spent my freshman year, you know, all the friends I made were snowboarders and they were were better than me because I'm from the Midwest, you know, I'm from the flatlands. But then, like, I spent my freshman year, like, getting better and I was kind of cocky. And I <laughs> did, did the park, <laughs> like, the terrain park for the first time when I was a freshman where you, like, go kind of, like, jump up and, like, grind on a box or whatever. And then the sophomore year was happening, and I did only, like, it was, I did maybe, like, two days on the mountain um, during the first semester. And then the second semester, I flew out early so that we could just, like, snowboard for a week, you know, before classes start. And I uh, was, like I said, it was it was like the end of the day and I was separated from the group and I'm a pretty good snowboarder, but I was not very good at the terrain park, but this, the year before, like, I was like, Oh, I'm the shit. I can do this. Yeah. And I like had my headphones and was like pumped up and basically it was like a steep hill and there were like three features that you kind of like jump on and like hit. And the, the first two, I was like going so fast. I was like shit like, and, and kept going faster and faster Then at the end, it was like shaped like an A, and you're supposed to like go up and then tilt and go down. I kind of just launched off it and poof, like hit the ground, blacked out, and then woke up in the ambulance. And I was just like really confused, and I and I didn't feel a lot of pain when I was in there. So in the ambulance, I was like, "Oh no, I'm fine, I'm fine. No worries, no worries. This is all." They're like, no, dude, you were like knocked out. Like we like, like wheeled you down the mountain and put you in here and you were black. You were unconscious until just now. But like when the adrenaline is kind of like pumping through you, um, you know, you don't feel a lot of pain. So then I went to the hospital, got an MRI and I had broken three vertebrae in my neck. So it's like C3, C4, C5. Um, And they were like, we got to give you surgery tomorrow. And like my parents flew out for it. They were able to fly out like for the surgery. And um, it was just really intense and really hardcore. But so before this happened, I had done psychedelics. I was into new agey stuff. I was going to school in Boulder, you know. So I, this was like the first test of, I mean, just the injury itself, um, any type of extreme trauma will just like wake you up out of, it'll wake you up spiritually. Cause when, when you're close, like it, when you're close to that threshold of life and death, it, it's changes you. But the whole time I was like (laughs) literally using like the power of positive thinking in like a real, real, like noob type of way. I was just like, no, everything's going to be fine. And I really believed everything would be fine and everything ended up being fine. So I don't know. It was like a spiritual experience. And it was, I already was kind of versed in it. I was already um, kind of into like self-helping uh, hippie shit, you know, cause it's like new agey stuff like that. Um, but, but basically I had to get surgery. So I've I've got metal back here. Um, and then I was in the hospital for like two weeks after that. I think it was two weeks, maybe, maybe only one week, but basically I had this like, uh, experience, like God experience where I was like teaching myself how to walk again and just kind of like, whoop, like started walking real fast and like, kind of like, The nurses were like, holy shit, like, I can't believe, like, how, how quickly you're recovering or whatever, and then I, like, looked, I got into this hospital room and looked out the window and saw just, like, the mountains, you know, like, a beautiful scene of nature with the sun. It was, like, a painting, and it was just, like, a download or it was something, and it was, like, ooh, okay, I'm gonna be good, and it it was, like, God was, like, uh, right on my shoulders or something, so... But then so so then I went home and I was a sophomore in college, you know, um, and had to just sit around in like a neck brace and kind of like a turtle shell, like body shell and just chill until it healed or whatever. Um, And they gave me a ton of painkillers. So I was just basically like sleeping in (laughs) and like getting real high on whatever Vicodin and like muscle relaxers I was taking like triple the amount you were supposed to take because it would just get me high you know (laughs) Um, and then I mean there's like a lot of like personal shit I probably won't delve into but um basically like I, I during the recovery period at home I was just doped up the whole time so I wasn't even thinking about it you know and then the pills ran out, and I like I was like a drug nerd, and I was like, "All right, I can't make a habit of this. Like, I know this is an opiate.
0: This <laughs> is a,
1: I'm not that dumb.
0: It's going to bite you in the ass at some point."
1: But then it was like, then it was just like all of a sudden I was like almost like PTSD. Like, what the fuck just happened? Like, like, um, and there was just like a lot of like. Um, psychological stuff that happened and, and straight up the hardest part of it was just the, the actual realization that like you could die at any moment and life matters and life is precious and you have to live life to the fullest and not waste it. You know? Oh, so that, that was actually heavy to just think about it, Like, fuck, what am I supposed to do with my life now that I got a second chance, you know? Um, and then, so I was a sophomore and I spent two years kind of like, I don't know, just doing college bullshit, just like partying, taking, I took a ton of Adderall during those years and, uh, managed to get an economics degree just cause it was like the, what I, the thing to do, you know, it was like, I'll get a good job with that. So I got an English degree and an econ degree. And in the summer of 2010, I was like interning um, to do commercial real estate. And I was, I took this approach like, the fun times over, like college is over. I've got to just put on my suit and tie and like make some money. And I was like, yeah, that was my attitude. But, you know, keep in mind, my body was still fucked up. My, I had metal in my neck. I spent two years like pulling all nighters, like chain smoking and taking Adderall to pass these classes that I was just, I was just jumping through the hoops. I didn't give a shit about economics. Well, I, I mean, I didn't, I was jumping through the hoops just to, like, do what I was supposed to do, you know?
0: Uh, You know, I know what you're doing.
1: And
0: uh, (laughs) this is what I am told I'm supposed to be doing, so, you know.
1: Exactly, yeah. (laughs) But, like, there was, like, a lot in the background. Like, I was, like, like, ran. There were points where I was, like, uh, I would just go about my day, then it would be, like, bedtime, and I would just start crying. I'm, like, what the fuck? And just be like, what the fuck is happening to me? Like, it's, it was it was total, like, unconsciousness of what was actually happening to me, like, in my psyche and stuff. And then...
0: Oh, that had to be a huge Basically, fucker, the...
1: Uh, yeah, then, in, so in the summer of 2010, again, I was doing my internship. I got to the end of the internship, and the, the people I was working for were like, why are you getting into commercial real estate right now? You're not going to make any money. And I was like, what? What do you mean? Like, I've, And they're like, dude, the economy is in, in the, sh- the shitter. It was 2010. So like the real estate industry, like if I would have gone on that path, I mean, it would have taken a couple of years to really make money. And then uh, I was, so the, I guess I spent a summer doing that. and was like, wait, I thought this is what I'm going to do now i'm kind of being told don't even don't even bother and then i went to lollapalooza and fucking like partied hard and took like molly and <laughs> like you know the X ex- if you've ever taken ecstasy it just, just depletes your serotonin and then you have like the depression for uh, like a few days
0: yeah back in the, back when i was like 18 19 20 maybe 21 i mean i was huge in the rave scene so i mean I... I did all those alphabet fucking drugs and and you're totally right after the E wears off you're like fuck I feel like shit and like fucking yeah and
1: that so that was um sorry my computer's uh so I basically um got <laughs> real depressed and this and and I knew like I said I was a drug nerd so I was like I need to take like 5-HTP and like drink vitamins or some shit but like I started Google, but I knew I was like in the dumps and was like, what the fuck? Like, what am I, what am I doing? Like, why am I about to become like a white collar, like miserable person? Cause I realized like that shit made me pretty miserable. Like just the cubicle and the fucking, the office nine to five shit sucks. And so I Googled, (laughs) I Googled self-help books and, found Tony Robbins um, and went to like Barnes and Noble and got this book called Awaken the Giant Within. And it's kind of like generic. I mean, he's kind of the cliche like self-help guy with like the microphone that's like telling you all these things, but that's, that is kind of like NLP in a way it's like, it's like, um, the case of that book was like you are in full control of your beliefs, your limiting beliefs. Um, and if you change your limiting beliefs, you can basically set yourself free and do whatever you want, you know? And I was – and I had one semester left to finish. So, like, I had, like, a super senior year semester where I would go back to Boulder because I, I miss. I had two majors and I missed a semester when I broke my neck. So I was like, I graduated in four and a half years. Um,
0: Yeah, because you had to make up for the time lost.
1: Yeah, and but like the summer before that, I was preparing myself for like a totally like white collar existence. But the economy was really shitty too. Um, So then I like, I read this Tony Robbins book like a week or two, before I left to go to back to school. And then as I was leaving Chicago with this, like Tony Robbins perspective, I was like, wait, shit. I have a, I have a second chance. Like, I don't have to fucking be miserable. I don't have to like do the nine to five and, and be an alcoholic. Cause that was literally the path I was on. Like, and that's what all my friends were going to do and ended up doing like basically work nine to five. And then on the weekends, binge drink and then go back to it on Monday, you know? So then I went to, uh, school and the thing that, um, one of the nurses told me was like, yeah. Um, she was like, you're going to have real serious back problems, uh, and back pain, you know? And she said, I had something similar and the only thing that ever helped me was yoga. And, um, interesting. And this was 2010. Like, it's it's crazy what yoga has become in the mainstream. <laughs> when, when you think about it, it I, like not, I didn't know what yoga entailed, you know? And I thought it was just for girls and stupid. <laughs> but when I out and the first place I went to was core power yoga, which is, like, the most, like... Not even knocking it, but it is the most corporate.
0: I was gonna say, is it like a very commercialized version? Very commercial, okay, yeah.
1: yeah. And but but in 2010, it was still new, and Colorado was one of those states where it is growing in popularity because of what people in Colorado are are into. It's and Boulder is like a new age hippie place. Um, but yeah, so I I went. There was a free week of yoga at Core Power Yoga, and Everything with um, the Tony, like the Tony Robbins, like NLP stuff, with just being back in college again and like having a new perspective. Like I'm not about to just like uh, be stuck in this nine to five thing. Like there are other options, you know. And the yoga, the first I was trying to get my money's worth. It was a week week of free yoga so I did it like every day in the classes and dude straight up that I mean whatever happened in that first week of doing yoga given the fact that my back was royally fucked up and my psyche was fucked up it all at once just like clicked my bot like it felt like my body healed and my mind and spirit healed and then it was like uh, it was like a, a straight-up awakening, you know. Um,
0: you know what I think where... is, is big about yoga? Because, I mean, even in the OTO, I'm sure other, I mean, the Golden Dawn, too, that I can speak of with Lux. A lot of these secret societies are, are magic or magicians. They stress the fuck out of meditation and yoga, you know, yeah. for, for magic. And and I as maybe, you know, this is just an idea of mine. Maybe it's silly. Maybe there's something behind it. You know, I do believe we are basically like running, we're electric bodies, you know, we run on electricity, mm-hmm. actually. I do think that when you're doing yoga, it's almost as if like you're opening everything up for the energy that you have inside your body to actually be flowing everywhere as it should be. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. when when you don't have that going on for such a long time, that could be a huge fucking difference in an impact on someone and, and I think when that's all firing correctly, it will also affect the mind, like you're saying.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, and it's it's like, I don't know. This is all in retrospect. You know, I was like in my early 20s and hadn't had a lot of life experiences yet. But like, <laughs> not, I, I don't even know now when I look back, like if I was kind of, uh, if, if I was confused or if it wasn't really the way I remember it. But at the time it was like spiritual awakening, real shit. Like this is what life is really supposed to be like. And it totally op- it opened me up and I was like glowing, you know? And I was like, cause in the background, like I said, I was going to school, I was studying, I was partying, I was social, I was happy. But then in the background there was all this shit cause it was like, what just happened to me? I just broke my neck. I have this new perspective that life is precious. Anybody could die at any moment. What are you going to do with your life? Like, what are you going to do with this gift that life is now? But I was just trying to ignore that, ignore that. And then the yoga just straight up, like it physically healed me and it spiritually like opened me up. And, um, I was, like, high on life, like, in Boulder, Colorado, which is, like, a beautiful, like, uh, magical place straight up. And um, a crazy thing that ended up happening was um, I was, like, really, just, like like, in a really good place. Like, I would always think to myself, the fall of 2010 was, like, peak life like nothing lived up to that because i i was awakening based it was an awakening um and then one night i had this intuition you need to go to the new age bookstore you need to go to the occult bookstore and i was like yeah i do like it was like of course i do and it was just popped in my head it was like now step two is go there and um find something. So I went there and it was literally like a situation where the the book didn't literally fall off the shelf, but I just kind of marched in there, went straight to the back, grabbed this book. It was like, this is it. And it was the secret teaching of all ages by Manly P. Hall. Um, you know, and a lot of people wanted-
0: will knock that guy. And I, you know, I, I really, I don't know what to say about him either, but there is stuff in his in his literature that I have read that I do believe, this is the problem I have with secret societies and people in secret societies. They will drop real deep shit, but not in a way that most people will understand it. So, yeah. like, that's the problem. Like, why not drop the deep shit the way it's supposed to be said and understood? But besides the point, that guy, will he does have some legit deep shit in his writings that, you know. well, yeah, and
1: I didn't know anything about him. I never heard of him. Um, He's pretty popular now. Like, there's YouTubes with his lectures, and, like, everybody's talking about him. At the time, though, it was just, a f- this was 2010, the YouTube.
0: <laughs> that was so, around the same time I was listening to the shit. Yo, it's funny how... I don't know if this—if you've noticed this stuff that me and you were listening to or into back in the day—that's just like was old news. Like somehow is like recirculating again. It's like I—I I, I knew this shit fucking ten years ago, yeah. <laughs> like and it's like new to so many people nowadays. It's wild.
1: Well, the thing is, uh, also I should mention, I—I I was a conspiracy theorist back then. Too. Oh yeah,
0: me too. That's yeah for sure. In
1: high school, I went to jam band shows and like took took shrooms and listened to rock and would go on the message boards and people would be sharing like Alex Jones. So, so when I was like in high school, I thought nine 11 was fake. And I thought oh, like I knew man. about Bohemian Grove and shit. So when I read the secret teaching of all ages in this like yogic, like glowing awakened state, like which I thought was just the bees knees. Like I've never felt like that. And then I was, I just literally, it's a hard, dense book, but I was just, like, burning through it. I was, like, able to comprehend it. And it felt like I was re-remembering what I already knew. But it was interesting. A lot of it was what Alex, like, I recognized a lot of the occultism from the Alex Jones stuff, you know. So there was a part of me that's, like, wait, that's, like, the all-seeing eye. Um, and I, I basically just had the idea, like, I don't know, I, I was able to like comprehend that all this hermetic and esoteric stuff was legitimate, but also realized like the people running the world were doing, doing it or using it.
0: Yo, I explained that's, that's the whole, people always like, well, how did you end up in the OTO? Same exact thing that you just said is because I, when I got into conspiracy theories, I, Quickly, you know, came across secret societies, believed in magic, the whole bohemian grove. I didn't believe nine eleven was real either, or the way it was told to us. And I quickly believed that this shit was legit. And I was like, well, I, I got to learn how this shit works to keep myself out of the bullshit. So it's like the same thing. Like, I quickly started coming across all this stuff where it made me, like, I truly believed, like, there is people pulling the strings with this shit.
1: Yeah, and... I'm still really skeptical of um, all of the occult. Even I do astrology. You know, I I practice hermetic arts. But um,
0: well, I think the whole thing think- with the problem with the occult is the word. It shouldn't be hidden. Yeah. It should be an understanding that everybody understands. When only a few people do, then that's when you can start using it for your own gain. I yeah. think it, I think it's a science that we all knew at one point and somehow it just became limited.
1: Yeah, totally. Um and so at that time like I burned through the secret teaching of all ages in that that, that like I said I'm kind of skeptical of Manly P Hall.
0: Oh yeah, 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 f- yeah, sure, sure.
1: But at the t- like that what that was just like there's no going back after you read that whole book and like not only read it, but like really like absorb it and then do the yoga and and heal this, like this trauma that, that involved breaking my neck and and all this other personal stuff that was tied to it. Um, and then towards the end of that semester, um, I kind of crashed from it. You know, I kind of, uh, you know, it went from, it was like a roller coaster. You went real high and then real low. And then when I was real low, um, my family, my parents basically like said, <laughs> because they knew I was trying to get into real estate and my family's in real estate too. And they were like straight up, what they told you at your office is right. Like there's really nothing to do right now in this industry that you've been kind of, being a good boy and freaking like doing the, doing the thing you're supposed to do, get a good job, get a diploma, whatever they were like, honestly, it's pretty bleak out there. So maybe like you should travel or something. And then, so I got, that was like huge. I got their blessing to not just go straight into the quote unquote real world. And then, um, so at school they also had, uh, like free psychotherapy, which I would never done, but I knew how bad it was. I knew I was like hitting a rock bottom. So I went to that and just like that kind of was insane how intense those sessions were, where I was like processing what the fuck happened, you know, for the first time. And the takeaway from that is like that there was a moment in the therapy sessions where they were like the, she was like, well, how do you view yourself? Like, what do you want to be? And I was like, that's the easiest question to answer ever. That's so obvious and so easy. Like, I'm an artist, you know, which is, I never, like, self-identified as an artist. But literally, since I was a little kid, I was good at drawing. I was that kid. Always had been, always will be. I'm the fucking weird kid with markers and like fucking graffiti and like all that shit and drawing and, and coming up with ideas. But you know, I was, I was getting ready for a white collar existence. So I wasn't doing that, you know? And then after that, it was like, okay, one way or the, one way or the other, I've just got to be an artist. And it's like corny, but it really was a paradigm shift because it's like, I was like, and I, I, I ended up with day jobs and I ended up in the matrix with like semi white collar, nine to five salary shit. But really like that, that was kind of like the full circle, just kind of like what launched me on this journey where now I just like at this point I play in a band now and like do um, this podcast and do astrology full time it's only full time as of like last week um but i guess what i was just getting at is like the whole pro- process of like going through something like that like breaking your neck and the subsequent stuff you end up doing just to f- keep going like you it's either sink or swim you either heal yourself or what do you do kill yourself like that that's really what how how bad it can be when people are in, in situations like that where you're depressed and then if you get real, real depressed, like because of something real fucked up that happens, it's, you have to act, you have to do something. So, you know, from, through all of my, from 2010 to 2019, I was just basically being an artist and like stumbling and fucking up and failing over and over and over again, but it wasn't a big deal. It was like, this is the journey, this is the path. And also continuing to learn about the esoteric you know that's that's part of my path too like and it's weird how like art or being an artist you're you are doing magic you are working with symbols you're working with colors you're working with frequencies and you're changing people's consciousness like so Basically, like I've just been on this long kind of like artistic and spiritual journey um, that kind of led me to have my podcast, led me to doing all this other stuff. Um, And it's weird. Most people do not do this. Most people do have just like a more normal life. But I I just kind of wanted to like go full circle and be like a lot of this – it's like the wounded healer. Like you figure out how to fix yourself and then all of a sudden you have these tools and then it's like, oh, I can help other people do it with themselves too. And then you're kind of a default fucking witch doctor or whatever you want to call it, shaman or healer. (laughs) And then you're just showing up for work. Like I didn't, (laughs) I, I love this, but it's like I resisted all the time. I don't want to be full-time astrologer because it's weird yeah. uh, but I don't have a I almost don't have a choice like and I'm just showing up for work I'm like sh- showing up to duty really like a soldier just like uh, I this is this is what the universe or God is like pushing me towards or, or pulling me towards and um, it's a it's a crazy life it's crazy journey but that's kind of how i end up here so
0: i i think it's great like you know listening to you talking especially when you said you know what do you want to be and you're like oh that was easy artist mm-hmm. to me that was like you knew your will you know i i yeah. see that as like you know when people talk about like doing their will it's like something that they just love doing no matter what like You could be sitting there drawing something that you're just like, okay, this is cool, and it sits in your room. You never showed it to somebody, but you enjoy doing that piece of art. You didn't have to post it on Instagram. You didn't have to advertise it. It's something you just fucking enjoy doing. Uh You know, something that you feel emotional attachment to. I think that is when we find, you know, those are moments when we find part of our will. And I think it's just great that you were able to, the world, the world. In my opinion, the way it is set up, it is really not for us to do that, because we nope, are so not at all. because not- we are so worried about this monetary system, this beast of a system that's got us fucked. We have to toss that shit to the side, and we just have to do whatever's gonna fucking keep us alive, because we need money for housing and food and all that shit. And not not to get too crazy, but you know, the, just the whole way we're brought up and everything, it's all, my opinion, distractions of finding out what you really love to do. And, and, and then sometimes when you find out what you love to do, well, that's not going to fucking put food in my stomach. So I yeah. have to push it to the fucking curb and go do something I don't fucking like, possibly something I don't even agree with, just yeah. so I can survive. i It's like we've been put into a system to stop us from even acknowledging or, uh, trying to, you know, embellish our will.
1: Yeah. And when you bring that up, the, the idea of the will, like, um, the last time I was on your show, we talked about like my almost new age to Jesus conversion and how ultimately that didn't happen. But I, I, it's out there, like the, this great, the the great awakening, whatever the fuck is happening right now involves Christianity and new age one way or the other. And I'm forced to think about why one side says the other side is wrong or why these things are in conflict with one another. But the idea of will, you know, that's like, that's like the Lima almost, <clears throat> which oh, people my. don't want to, people don't like that. People don't. I like know, I will. know. Well, I don't like Crowley on paper.
0: I will, I will straight up say I think Crowley was an occult genius but a piece of shit. But when it comes to talking about the will, regardless of him, I do think it is something people need to re- acknowledge. I mean, he wasn't the first person to use that phrase. He's just the most well-known to do it. And I think when people yeah. hear about that, they tend to think something like, oh, well, it's associated with Crowley. And, uh, you know, no, I can't think about that.
1: And I, and, and at the time when I was, um, when I was realizing that, cause the, the, you said the will, like, like you just know you're supposed to be an artist if you are, but I was like in my early, I was like 23 and I never thought of that. So even just the idea of like thinking it, realizing it, and then like feeling it in your body, like th- in your gut, like this is real. Um, that to me, it was like a, a spiritual experience or like a religious experience. And um, for a minute, for years, I was like, yeah, my religion or my spiritual path is to be an artist. Cause that's what, that's what gives me spiritual experience. and And I feel like I'm in alignment with God, quote unquote, when I'm doing that. And that's, that's, a vocation. It's like the most important thing in my life. And these days I still have that, but I, like I said, there are, uh, like a, from a Christian perspective, they might be like, well, that you're just being selfish, or you're just being (laughs) self-absorbed or no, it's all about you, 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 you've got to submit to God and be, um, more passive in your life or not so concerned about that. Just start a family, love your wife, love your children. And that's more spiritual than like going on this spirit quest to be an artist. And I don't, I don't, I don't believe that what I just said, like of what the Christians would say, but it's, it's I, I am definitely holding both of these perspectives. Like why would a Christian say, following your true will is wrong. You know, like I want to at least ponder that. Um, But honestly, for most of my uh, twenties into my thirties, that was it. I was just like, the only thing that matters is me fulfilling this uh, destiny to just be creative, use, use these gifts that, that I was born with just to like, I don't know. I, I think I think like an artist. So I'm very, visual and I'm hearing hearing music in my head and then I like write it you know and uh, interacting with the muse like when I, I I write songs and and literally it's usually when I'm like in a daydream state I get a download and then I'm just like <laughs> almost I know what
0: you mean I know what you mean
1: it's a download and then I tear up i get choked up and, and then and, and i and i mean in for, there's been points in my life where i'm like that my ability to do that is my spiritual path or my connection to god because it sure as hell feels higher than mundane existence
0: oh for sure
1: but it's like there's there's always the the christian perspective in the background like that's a demon <laughs> like you that experience you're having is wrong, you know, um, just, just read the Bible and submit, stop being so wild and crazy and artistic, you know? So, um, I, I say all this stuff with like a, as a disclaimer, kind of just like, you know, being an artist, being creative was like a vocation and like a spirit, spiritual path. And it still is, but I don't know if I still think about it like in that of an extreme way. I think it's just like, this is what I do now.
0: But I I love how you're talking about this stuff and I I hate to interrupt you.
1: No. Yeah, go ahead.
0: But I wanted to add like one, I think art, um, music, drawings, painting, writing books. I think all that stuff is very magical. And, Mm -hmm. I'll get back to it. I I want to explain, uh, you know, we're talking about the will. That can go so deep. You know, I want to even show, like, two examples how you can go from a mundane sense to a spiritual sense, and I still think your will is involved in there. Like, I've used the example, and and not that it's because I do this. It's just, you know, uh, I've seen other people do it or I've, you know, sung to myself or whatever. But, like, let's say I got headphones on. I'm fucking... Cleaning the house. Mm-hmm. And I'm jamming to my fucking music. Nobody's around. I'm fucking singing. Dancing like a fool. Not worried about who the fuck's looking at me. Yeah. Not worried about how do I look. I am just enjoying myself in that moment, doing whatever I'm doing. That I think in itself is a small part of your will. And then it can go to the extreme to where I think maybe you're touching on a little bit yourself. You know, there's times when during magic or well, my meditation practices now, I don't really fuck with magic, ma- ritual magic. I just do it through mm-hmm. meditation. Um, you will, I will have this experience where to me it is if, you know, I, I somehow came, I do believe, you know, creating a relationship with God feels as if you're getting closer to that whatever it is yes, call yeah. God. And in those moments, like you said, I will come back with like these downloads of these ideas. Yeah. And I have these ideas in my head that I'm like, yo, I need to share this shit. I need to express it somehow. And all it is, is an idea in your head. And what, what you're saying as an artist, now that idea has been put down into some sort of form and expressed in a, a, a situation that you had an experience that you had that is only existing in thought and your head has now you have manifested into something physical in this world to express that. I mean, that it can go as deep as that, in my opinion, that, you know, all these, like these things, these downloads that you get, these things. I mean, that's how I did a lot of, a lot of the stuff that I even did for my Scarlet horse series intros. You know, I went into meditations and came out with these ideas and these, I guess, knowledge of, like, understanding certain things I was a little confused about, so I was able to be like, all right, well, I'm going to represent that and this and that. But, like, it really is, like, I was so inspired. I was like, I need to figure out a way to put this out in some sort of fucking art just to express it and to show it to other people. But it wasn't like, if you didn't didn't like it, fuck it, who cares? I was proud of what I made. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I was so proud of it. But it was just, I do think at times when a lot of art is people sometimes, like, coming in contact with their higher self or their God or whoever they call God consciousness. Getting these ideas from the source and putting it out and then expressing it.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's... that's I, think art, been, I think
0: art is huge on that, or used to be. It used to be very big on that.
1: Yeah, and... Like,
0: I mean, look at the art during like the Renaissance. Tell me that shit all doesn't look occult as fuck.
1: Well, and it changed the world.
0: Be- because like, I think people were having massive wake ups and the same experiences. And when they yeah. drew this shit in art, other people understood what they were looking at. And it, they, it, that meant something to them because they you have emotional attachment to what somebody else just painted. You're looking at that painting and you could say, I know. What that person felt, I know what they experienced. That's heavy.
1: Yeah, and um I I like I said, like we talked about on the last time I was on your show, the new age versus the Christian thing is still on my mind. Yeah. Because when we're talking about this, like I can just picture what Christian people would say. It's like those are demons that that is whatever Lucifer or like fallen angels who are your download is them coming into your sphere and like, you know, manipulating you. Um, I don't believe that, but like that that is kind of the response to any spiritual experience outside of like something locked into the Christian worldview is automatically going to be like fallen angels or spirits or something that are deceiving you. And if that is the case, then all I can say is those those spirits, if they are spirits, are making you feel very ecstatic, very divine, very... What I would think is God, you know, so... I don't know, and I don't know. This is the we're dealing with the invisible world here. And we're we're dealing with subjective internal stuff. Like and but by the fact that it feels I I think the discernment I'm using is it feels divine, it feels godly. It doesn't feel like mundane and earthly and carnal. Mm -hmm it feels higher than that but then the then the christians might be like well lucifer that's yeah, lucifer yeah. he is higher he is an angel it's a fallen angel so and i don't and i told dude if i get a download i'd fucking do everything i can to share it with the world if it's a song i try to write the song if it's uh if it's a piece of art i try to render it you know and uh But I still am just like, what the fuck is actually happening? Like, is this all me? Is this, is this, um, like, what the hell is going? I know it's. I've been I've been living my life around it. I've been trying to cultivate it as much as I can. And like when you were talking about cleaning the house, like so much of my like uh, artistic stuff happened when I was in my twenties, working kind of a matrixy job, driving all day long. I was just driving all around Chicagoland and behind the wheel of the car. When you're doing, you're, you're focusing on the road. You're a part of your brain is focused on driving. Then a part of your brain is trying to entertain itself because it's so mundane. And I feel like that, uh, whether you're walking or driving or cleaning, if you're in that flow, that's when the stuff happens. That's when the downloads happen. That's yes.
0: Mine. Yes. And yes. it's
1: kind of a trancey, hypnotic uh,
0: thing. You know, you know how I like to, I like to get into, and you, maybe you'll understand this with the tarot. Whenever you see, uh, what is it, the hermit who has the lamp? Right, the hermit uh-huh. card. It's almost always, if you look at it, either it's a star or an orbit. It's never a flame in the fucking lamp. Actually.
1: Yeah, it's like a hexagram,
0: right? or a lot, or you'll see, you know, like a, an orb sometimes too. I, yeah. I do think. And what you're getting at right here, when you're... I think Tommy Chong actually said it the best. uh, I'll repeat it how he said it on our uh, show on the Occult Rejects. Uh, When you shut off all the static that's going on and actually only tune into one station, that is when you start to get, you know, maybe the flow of the divine like you're talking about. When you're in those moments, you're really not... like. When you're writing your music and you're and you're feeling it and you're playing your shit, that's probably the only fucking thing on your mind right now is that music. You're not worried about what sneakers oh, yeah. am I getting tomorrow, what piece of ass am I gonna fuck later? What am I eating tomorrow? The only thing in your mind right then and there is what you're doing and how much it fucking feels great. You shut off all those other yeah. fucking stations and you're actually just listening to one, yeah. You know, and, and, and you talk about Matrix, I don't know how far you want to get into a Matrix, but I mean, I do believe we are in a Matrix having an experience in, the, you know, what we think is a 3D reality. For all you know, when we're tuning into those things, that is us outside of the Matrix in the spirit form. Actually yeah. telling you like, yo, this is what's up, dude. Like, who, you know, who knows?
1: Yeah, and, 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 um, and what
0: I wanted to add real quick, the whole thing with the Christians saying, oh, it could be Lucifer. In my opinion, those experiences, until the person decides what they want to do with them, isn't good or bad. It's yeah. how the person decides what they want to do with that experience after the fact that can make it bad. You can either use it for good or you can hide it and use it to manipulate people and boost your own ego. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, find, I find that I do get the understanding, yes, if you don't know what you're doing, you will tap into something that's probably telling you shit you shouldn't. That I totally agree with. But I do think a lot of times when, you know, you are hearing the divine or talking to something above yourself, uh, it, you know, that shouldn't, what you're being told or that experience or that download that you have, like we're talking about having positive ones, we could have if we were a piece of shit, probably thought of a way to capitalize on that and present it totally different. So a lot of yeah. it still falls on the individual is what I'm getting at.
1: Yeah, totally. It's, um, but I, again, I, it, it, it's, it's still kind of feel like a weirdo, you know? Cause like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think most people are like walking around and they're like, and like here, have a download. It, you feel kind of crazy. Cause
0: you know, oh, I hate I, even using the phrase. I fucking hate it because it makes you sound fucking crazy. I wish it was a better way to say it, but I mean, you know, a conversation, yeah. a conversation with God, maybe. I don't know, conversation with my higher self, maybe I'll call it that. I don't know.
1: It's something, and it's, it, I think it could be even like ancestors a lot of the time. Uh, like, yeah, I've uh, that as well. Because the, I mean, like I said, I, uh, I try really, I, I get into this state very easily behind the wheel of a car. (laughs) So like I, uh, the most recent thing in relation to all of this was basically I moved back to color. I lived in Chicago from 2012 to 2019, moved back to Colorado and lived in a ski area for two years, starting January 1st, 2020. So like 2020 till now, I've been here in the mountains and I, I, uh, in line with like being an artist, like I told you, like in line with that, I'm in a band now. So I, I have a part-time job as an artist, you know, and make money part-time doing that. And then this podcast, I make money part-time doing astrology and like selling merch or, you know, just other ways of making money with podcasting. And, um, I quit my I basically got into this matrixy situation where I was making good money working in the local economy here, which involves vacationers. So it's like working in um, the industry of short term rentals of these like mountain retreats, you know. And I was making bank, but it was like fucking stressful as hell, crazy. I was doing it just for the money, just so I could afford to live here. Um, I ended up quitting that job just because. Shit got real bad. And it was just like the point of no return. Then in line with what I was saying about being behind the wheel and getting these downloads, I just went on a week long road trip and, um, it was on the road that it was the same thing. It was like full download. Like you, you need to not take this other job that I was supposed to start this week. I quit the other job doing property management. It was going to do another job in HOAs, which is like, I was not excited to do that, to deal with HOAs. Are you kidding me? But the paycheck would have been good. But it was this behind the wheel download that uh, I have to not do that. I have to be an artist, like the same old thing that is always in the background. And again, for the Christians, it's not like, a fucking demon tapping me on the shoulder, like Ugh. it's like the gates of heaven open, and it's angelic. <laughs> like crying. Okay, <laughs> like it's like good. It, I I can discern that that it's good. Oh,
0: see, you know that is an, and
1: The other that while it was happening, that's though, wild
0: that you say that.
1: There was a crazy synchronicity with like my ancestors, like my my mom was at a funeral at this church on the south side that i would never been to but apparently our family you know lived there and there's this stained glass mural that had my family name on it that like my great grandparents like donated to the church and she just sends me this right as i'm having this like god experience i get a picture that's of that and i'm just like that made me feel like the the, the ancestors or like whoever who I never met know nothing about are also kind of nudging me on the, in this direction, you know. So
0: <laughs> it's it's trippy. <laughs> you know, you know it's funny. You talk about uh, like your ancestors and stuff. This is just like weird shit when you go into like the Kabbalah and stuff, or if you start to think of like. You know, I'm very big into the idea that like all we are is just like light, you know, everything is vibration, and light is just, you know, a color to show vibration waves and stuff. And it's like, has like, is my past ancestors part of like that stream of light that I'm being projected to now, like in the past as I go back up it? It's, it's hard to explain what I'm getting at, but
1: no, and, and, and I'm, I'm, Getting the idea more often that like your ancestors are actually like in your freaking body.
0: Like, yeah, in your, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's all part of the the Matrix story of how you ended up to like here right now.
1: But even even just like the traumas, like I mean, uh-huh. and not to be like dwelling on trauma, 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 but like
0: no, well that's also I do think that trauma is in a human big
1: history thing. is in our body. Cause like we're, we're literally the code of it. It's, it's, we just we're at the bottom of the uh, funnel. And, um, and I'm thinking too, like I, I, if you have the idea that like a soul comes in and incarnates and enters this karmic path, I think karma could just be completely ancestral. Like everything that like me as a soul, as the observer behind this matrix like, my physical body, all the carnal, emotional fucking stuff that I have here, standing here, is really just, like, generations and generations of my ancestors and everything they did when they were here on Earth. And, like, I don't know, I'm thinking it's it's more like a physical DNA-based thing where even past lives or everything might just literally be... Your ans- like your physical ancestors in more of like an earth-based way, if, if so, that no, makes I, sense. You know,
0: no, I, I know what you're getting. I, I find that very interesting. I, I've even said myself, I think, you know, the DNA symbol, it does, re- you know, I could see that being on the tree of life. And mm. if you were to match it up on the tree of life, like really that whole symbol as it's going like that is, to me, like showing you when it crosses, that's the balance and beauty. That's when... You have the both energies come across. There's the you know the beauty and the perfection of both together, and then what happens? There's the separation again, the chaos, the breakup. Then you come back. You have the beauty of the makeup, and then you have the chaos and the breakup. It's like an over repeating story over and over again. And yeah. I, and I think that could you know in a short way of saying it, kind of go into ancestral stuff as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. And and there was another thing you said that I wanted to touch upon, just from my own experience. When you mentioned like being emotional after one of these experiences, um, yeah. for myself, you know, I, I was big in the Kabbalah. So, you know, one of the one of the experiences of Binah was sorrow, and uh, you know, when I first studied it and stuff. I guess I kind of had some un, un, some mundane ideas about it. Was still a little confused about, you know, why sorrow, um, you know, that's associated with the sphere of being. On. now once I started getting heavily into magic and actually having my own magical experiences, I do think that sphere is the sphere of when you will start to have these experiences that me and you were talking about. And I can say uh, the first few that I had. Those experiences to me were so amazing, so beautiful, so beyond my wildest dreams that when I came back and realized this is where I'm living, I could say the sorrow was fucking real. Yeah. When I realized I just had an experience, something like that, that I have never felt in my life, that was beyond any bliss or beauty I could ever think of. And now I'm here. Tell me how yeah. fucked up of a mind fuck that can be. That can get you very emotional.
1: Yeah, and it also <laughs> makes it. make you depressed.
0: Yes, like, I will admit it. And I think that's where the sorrow comes from. And there are certain symbols that are associated with that sphere that I even think resembles an eye crying. And so I do understand. Like I think like you are emotional enough, I'll admit it. When there were certain things that I believed to be true and I had realized that neither I've been lied to my whole life and i realize that there's this beauty out there and we're stuck here yes there was some tears shed because that is a hard fucking thing to swallow
1: yeah yeah and in and, 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 and,
0: and in fact I, and in in fact just the experience that you had was so mind blowing it's like you almost you almost tear in joy of like what an amazing experience that's what I, I was just had say. It's fucking insane. It's
1: joy it's mostly joy.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. Like that I, part
1: for I, sure. First of all, I'm I'm tough, so don't think I'm uh, oh, just
0: a Oh, you know I am. Time. No, no, that's <laughs> what I'm getting at too. I mean, I've said plenty of times the strongest of men can have some of these experiences and it can fuck them up. Believe me, you know. Well, but
1: they are tears of joy. These are like when I'm when I'm talking about like in the car when I like most recent one. You you can't do this. You can't take this job. Why would you do that? You got to do the right thing and not do that. Those were tears. It's were tears of joy mostly. That's especially in the artistic way. Like I I just start cr- crying happy tears, and then when you're done, you're like, ah, that was awesome. But I've I've cried depressed tears, tears of sorrow and sadness. But I will say none of that is. Really related to like these downloads. The downloads are tears of joy. So
0: now when you have usually an
1: indicate that's usually an indicator that the song I'm writing is going to be good because then people like it. (laughs) But the one and if if it doesn't happen when I'm writing a song, like it's probably not going to be a hit. But um, (laughs) even the uh, when it's not even like in a musical sense, when it's like an intuitive sense, like you need to take this turn in your life you have to take this leap of faith we've got your back it's tears of joy and like i don't even know but it's it's not um it's not sorrow in these cases yeah you know no, no i understand about sorrow is totally true as well like you hear about people um that do ayahuasca or that have like a kundalini awakening or like some crazy transcendent religious experience. And then they can't handle the mundane world and they commit suicide. Like suicide happens with people who get so blissed out. They're like, why am I back here? Let's go back to God.
0: I have said that before. And you know, that's why I say that I, I don't, you know, that one of my tiffs with secret societies is because they really don't explain magic, I don't think, too well. So, like, you, someone can have those experiences. And, like you said, kill themselves. For all you know, they could kill other people. But, I mean, yeah. like, it's just, it's very. Uh, and then to think, to think now, not to try to get two MK Ultras, but to think now if you were able to make people have those experiences. And they have no idea why and wasn't even trying to, and a total normie, you might really start to short circuit fucking people. And they might do some weird shit or be deemed crazy and then put on pills. You know, fuck knows.
1: Yeah, I think I think they are always trying to manipulate religious movements and cults and secret societies. Like I think they're trying, they, I think they want their finger on the pulse of all of that always. And, yes, and even like yes. the new, the 1960s in the new age, it's, you know, who knows if, if that was all deep state, like that was oh, a sign. Yeah, yeah. Very likely. Like the people who were the LSD pioneers were the CIA the rock musicians from Laurel Canyon were from military families.
0: You know, and I'll tell I you one thing. Hippie. I loved all uh, that
1: shit. Like, I oh, love uh, and New Age. I still do, but, like, I am. I still listen oh, to The Dead. <laughs> yeah, and The Dead is, like, supposed to be, like, the most CIA- well, you know, I don't so, know see, if I believe that or so, not. See, you know
0: what's funny? I don't know much about that. And 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 I was telling me and Lux were thinking of maybe doing like a short episode or maybe just one episode on them. Their lyrics and the artwork itself, I truly believe those motherfuckers were in the know. Now, could they have been used to like, hey, let's promote fucking massive amounts of drugs onto people or were they tied into a CIA thing? But I can say just from their lyrics, in my opinion, a lot of their album cover art, they understood magic.
1: For sure. And even, um, I mean, that's a huge thing, the connection between hippie shit and the occult. Like, <laughs> We'll is,
0: probably like, never know the truth.
1: <laughs> but, but, like, when I was getting into the hippie shit when I was a teenager, like... It was like fish and like uh, <laughs> hot tuna, st- string cheese incidents. I've seen
0: fish. A, I've seen
1: <laughs> like, fish. And it, it was like, okay, I'm like fucking 17 and I eat a mushroom chocolate and I go into this like arena and it's like tie dye dread white people who are so nice and friendly and colors and you're just tripping balls. Like it's a pretty, pretty enticing like environment to like have an experience like that.
0: Oh, but, man. um, no, I, I don't, never connected
1: that with magic. Yeah, yeah, right. But then you're like, oh, these wooks are selling crystals. Oh, they do astrology. Oh, they do yoga. You know, and then you, I would be like, that's hippie shit. But then it's like, no, it's actually deep. It's all occultism or it's all magic, and and it's it's interesting, just like. Like I said, the the Christian argument is that like you know, New Age is going to be the religion of the New World Order. It's occultism. It's rebranded occultism. We want the masses to be Luciferian, and um, the hippie movement is all a psyop and it's all Luciferian. I'm not really saying that, but I'm uh. I. It's a compelling argument, you know. You can't, I don't want to, I can't just dismiss it, even though I've been living it. You know, I've been living an artistic lifestyle and dedicated my life to art. Well, a lot of people will be like, that's, like, frivolous, and that's, like, a waste – like, you're just, like, self-absorbed, and you're just, like, running around wasting your time.
0: Oh, yeah, what you're talking like, about well, –
1: okay, this is my connection to God, sorry. Um, but they're like, no, read the Bible. So, I don't know.
0: Yeah, this I'm, is this- I'm, – This type of thing we could do shows on on both sides. It's just you know such massive. It's it's very.
1: It's in like, it's happening. There there is a new age to Christian thing happening. Oh yeah, sure.
0: And well, you covered that on my show, which I'll mention now in case you didn't. In case I have new people that haven't listened to my old stuff, I do suggest. um, I actually did get a lot of good reviews from listeners and other shows. Um, Listen to his uh, Cosmic Keys, a Christian, New Age Christian PSYOP. I, I thought it was a great episode.
1: Yeah, me too. And it was that was, like, last fall, and I, I was, like, way more deep into, like, maybe going full Christian and maybe denouncing all of this. You know, I didn't get there, but it's, it's ramped up these days. There's more and more people who are into it, and I still, like, these days I'm so sick of the PSYOPs of like rainbow flag fucking grooming children, all of this crap that I'm like, okay, it's more punk to be like extremely, extremely traditional right now. It's more punk to be like orthodox in this fucked up world. So I'm, I'm, I'm viewing these people who are like, you know, I don't know what type, I don't know what to call it, but there's this movement of like, kind of like trad cath like men men's movement of like reclaiming masculinity and like I i don't know what's going on but i i like i like this reaction to like the totally backwards left to be like no i'm gonna be like orthodox now and be like a fucking super conservative i'm not there but I, I'm picking, I'm cherry picking and at least just trying to observe what the fuck is happening. Cause there are these waves happening and a lot of the new age is total bullshit. Like, I so. and I don't want to be associated with just like the crystals and the fucking sage and the dream catchers and all that crap. Like <laughs> it's like, uh, and, and that's kind of my, like I'm a podcaster. So I'd like to interview people and I, I'm just curious about it. And That's why I keep bringing it up because most of my experiences would would fall in the occult new age side of things, but that's not, I'm still looking at the other side a lot these days. So,
0: uh, you know what I think, well, since you're pressed on time and I am and, uh, Lee, uh, uh, he's having internet problems. He was able to send me a message and. Yeah, his internet is screwed up or something. So unfortunately he's not coming back anyway. So <laughs> it just ended up being me and you. Um no, something I wanted to end on and I found it interesting, and we we're talking again about you were talking about the tears of joy. Mm-hmm. Um you're talking about like you you know, you might get these tears and you mentioned like something about maybe it was an idea for music, right? Yeah. And did you and you made that song now, right?
1: I mean, yeah, everything I've written is so. so- yeah, and I've got like 15 songs, maybe
0: if you want to just like ended on something weird, something to ponder on with those tears, the waters of creation that helped produce that fucking song, dude. Yeah. I mean, you know totally. what I'm saying? I mean, you, you never it's know with this type of shit, how deep it goes. If that's far off. I mean, there's multiple things. I mean, even, yeah, I mean, we could take that back to even the waters of creation when it goes back to the scarlet whore. I mean, when she's ready to conceive she's gonna flow, so you know you yeah. know what I'm saying I'm saying, but it's, I mean could even the tears of joy and it's a, it's
1: like a birth too it's like your water breaks <laughs>
0: yeah that's what I'm No, but I'm saying that even the tears of joy and the fact that that moment that that happened made you create that song just to me is just the, the, the war the flow of creation happening my man <laughs> yeah, for sure,
1: and it's like um with anything you know every song i write when i take a step back sometimes i'll have a real experience like that and be like oh wait my that's a total plagiarization of this other song and i actually can't really just release it because it's too similar to something else so i'm not picking through my brain of what i know and being like i'm gonna copy this song and then Mm -hmm. make but when it comes through it comes through fully kind of completed and ready to roll based off of bits and pieces of what I, I already know. So like
0: <laughs> I
1: I know I know what I know how a certain vibe of a certain style of a song should be, like a happy party song or something, and then my subconscious mind kind of births it out of like what's already there. So like I spent my whole life listening to music and living music and it's in there, but I feel, and even in like the hermetic principle of like the masculine is like active. It's like filling the void. And then it's like the cauldron is the feminine, the yin. And then it births something. It, it builds something. So I do feel like it's kind of a mixture of like my inner yin and yang of like uh, when stuff like that comes through, it does feel like something is being born and then it's my job to snatch it and sit down and like do the work and (laughs) practice it. and Go to my band, you know? So like, I still have to show up and do work, but it is like this, that's what the experience is like. It's like the muse. It's something external, but it's also like a birth of like what's already in my inner, like,
0: worlds no no I you know I agree and then and then after this we'll we'll, we'll end it because I do have to get going and well so do you too Mm -hmm. as it's getting close um it's funny how you mentioned like you kind of like write your own stuff but then you say like for me I'll admit like when I did a lot of when I do a lot of my own like intro stuff and you know this comes from like meditation stuff and like I mentioned, my Scarlet Horse series, uh, all those were all from like doing like deep meditation and having like these aha moments. And yeah, um, I I will admit that the way I try to do my stuff visually and in like audio, I can say I'm very much inspired by Pink Floyd, David Lynch, and Skinny Puppy, or more of yeah. Kevin more of Kevin Key, and when I have these ideas and I have like, all right, I'm going to make it sometimes because of how I've already referenced and have in my head of ways of showing to try to express that. Mm
1: -hmm. I
0: kind of do have them as an influence, but it's still done in my own way. You know what I'm saying? Like I can see what you're kind of saying. Like you have these reference points now, like, Oh, okay. I I can see this and that and that and this. Now, how am I going to, put this all together and make it mine too.
1: Yeah, know? totally. So
0: mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of I identify with like, you know, that, that's just me. I guess just talking about myself too. And if you're from, for my listeners to hear like that, that those three bands or three things definitely influence the way I do my stuff because it just clicks in my head of like, you know, cause I think there's a lot of occultism in that shit as well. So.
1: Yeah, and then it's like, well, where did they get it? Who was yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like a giant tree. Yeah. It's going, it's funneling down to you, but, like, who?
0: And then, then that's the whole thing where you whole, know. Yeah. Well, we're
1: just copying other that's people. I was copying. just,
0: I was just going to say, and that's the what? whole thing that this kid, Jonathan Wright, I'll plug his show, nothing new under the sun. No. No, we're all just having the same experience, just retelling it in our own artistic and our own expression.
1: But there are I would say there are still unique combinations that you've done before. Like Skinny Puppy and David Lynch. Like David Lynch was his own thing, they're their own thing. And then you're 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 still like piecing it all together, but like
0: And you're right with Skinny Puppy was kind of like the godfathers of industrial music. Like yeah, so like yeah, I guess you're right. So it's like those two were very they're their own their own brand, too, as well. Yeah, very interesting. All right, so uh, we'll wrap it up there. Let everybody know, please, where can they find your stuff again?
1: Uh, yeah, you can just go on uh, cosmickeyspodcast.com, that's where everything will be.
0: All right, and I uh, I think I may still have your links from the last time saved. If I don't, um, after the show, just send me all your links, and they will definitely be in the show notes. All his stuff will be in the show notes. Uh, Lee, unfortunately, like I said, couldn't make it back. Uh, this is Freaky Fridays. Uh, it was just a Freaky Friday without Lee, I guess. Uh, his his link to Subconscious Realms will be in the bottom, as well as uh, my show, Lux's show, and the Occult Rejects, which is all neatly in our link tree now anyway. So, yeah, there's a ton of uh, stuff in the show notes to check out and go check out Cosmic Keys. Go check out Subconscious Realms and check out our other Freaky Friday shows if this is the first time you heard it. Uh, Thank you again for coming on, man. Always a good talk. And I will probably uh, in another month or so try to plan something to have you come back on my own show as well. Always, always great talks. It's just the fact of just spitballing and wondering, man, you know, and having no, your own yeah, experience. You can talk
1: about this with everybody. Yeah, it's beautiful
0: to do. So, so thank you yeah. for coming on and sharing your story and uh, we'll definitely do it again.
1: Sweet. Thanks a lot, man.
0: Yes, and uh, until the next one, everybody be
1: well.